0: Welcome to the CEO.digital show. My name's Craig McCartney.
1: And I'm Darcy Thompson Fields. And this is an open exploration of technologies and trends straight from the C suite. You'll hear insights that will help you better deliver results for your company and its stakeholders now and in the future. You can find out more and stay up to date at CEO.digital. Today's guest is Josh Olson, Global Head of Experience Solutions and GSI Sales at VMware. Starting out his IT career in the mid-90s, Josh worked at prestigious organizations including Unet, Verizon, EMC, and Oracle. He now heads up a strategic division at VMware, helping to bring experience-led workplaces to an array of enterprises. Josh also holds an MBA in Management from St. Cloud State University. Josh, welcome to the CEO.digital show.
0: Uh, Thanks for having me, Darcy. Nice to be here.
1: Pleasure to have you. I mean, we talked about your career so far there, your experience at different technology companies. But are there any particular career highlights you'd like to share with us? I mean, it must be very interesting having started your IT career in the mid-90s to the evolution of now.
0: I'll tell you, one of the craziest things is 20 years later, right, seeing these ideas that we were just like, you know, ideas in your head back in the uh, 90s. A lot of things like remote work and the ability to do telehealth or distance learning and those kind of concepts and e-commerce. All of that stuff we were basically trying to sell companies on back then at UUNet. We were trying to sell them on the idea that we would actually be able to uh, fulfill this with them. And a lot of them came back and said, no, I've got my online brochure, we're good. And then now, 20 years later, they're all like, oh, of course we have to do this. As a matter of fact, you need to be able to enable this on everybody's phone at any moment, right? So it's kind of a really interesting transition that the world's gone through over the last 20 years.
1: Absolutely. And when it comes to your personal career experience, have there been any key lessons?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, from that early on in the in the 90s, from the UUNet days and kind of helping people kind of get a grasp around what's the potential, I, I what I've realized is a couple of key things. One is to help folks understand the true potential of technology and to believe and trust in yourself because it takes time for these transitions to happen right? Multiple different companies throughout my the, my career, I've seen that same transition happen. It just takes time and you got to uh, believe in yourself, believe in what you're doing and believe in the customer and they help them with these challenges. And there's a lot of really interesting things that can come of that, especially like I've had a lot of work in the medical device space and things like that, that have really been transformative over the years.
1: And as far as kind of, you know, you've worked on some really key technology household names there. Have you found kind of any consistencies within the different technology organizations you've worked for? Or do you find that each of them are really quite unique in their approach?
0: I would say, you know, when I'm working with my team, and we're a global team, and one of the things that we try to look for is what's the company or organization's reason for being? Why do they exist? Because each company Actually, if you think about it, they wouldn't exist if they were identical to their competitors. There's like a reason for them to be there. And so when you start to think through what's their reason for being, you then get immediately to, okay, they're doing something different for their customers. And how are they doing that it gets directly related to what are they doing for their employees? And how are they enabling and and training and everything else that goes into helping an employee treat the customer the way they want them treated so that they can actually attach to their brand differentiator or what I call brand experience.
1: Well, let's get a little bit more kind of into your current role. So as a global head of experience solutions and GSI sales, what does your role entail?
0: Oh, good question. (laughs) A lot, actually. So it's a sales role. So we're helping customers better adopt and understand what's called end-user computing technologies, our software that our company creates, that VMware has, right? And so what our global team does is we actually do look at the customer's potential reason for being and what are their board of directors initiatives? How do we help them achieve those big, bold goals and do so with their employees? Because when you kind of understand the high level and bring it down to the individual level, now you actually have some really interesting things where you can say, I get what their strategy is, but there's this hiccup in the middle there's some challenge around what the middle manager is trying to do and how they're trying to do it and how it actually gets executed in the field. Here's the issue. And if we can leverage technology to do digital workflows or other ways of connecting people to their digital resources that are meaningful and powerful, then we can do something really unique, right? And that's what our team looks to do. Yet at the same time, our team actually has the right kind of level of Technology understanding of what's possible. back to my earlier comment, you got to understand what's possible. And in this world where everything can be an endpoint, right? every endpoint, whether it's a a phone or a PC or a Mac or, or Chromebook or whatever it is you happen to be using a tablet, I want that to be a brilliant experience. And to do that, I have to first start with, can I secure it? Can I manage it? Can I deliver the right apps and resources to it so you can actually do your job in a unique way? And then, what is that right workflow that you need ideal for that role? Are you in the front line working day to day and all you've got with you is a phone? What's that right experience for you? Or are you in an office somewhere or working from home somewhere on a PC? What's that right experience? And when you start thinking through like working from home or an office, we didn't really think of it years ago as being too different. Our team has always been trying to drive into what is the difference there, because you start to get into things like, hey, I'm that person on the conference call. Everybody else is back at corporate and they're on a big, you know, a conference room table. They can all see each other. They get the visual interaction. This is why Zoom has become so important to all of us, because we can actually see people and interact with that visual uh, interaction as well.
1: And can you tell us a bit more about, you know, the specific experience solutions that you offer at VMware and how you're helping to solve challenges for your customers?
0: You bet. So we offer a few products called uh, Workspace One and Horizon. And within that, those are kind of umbrella suites, if you will. And within that, we do a number of different things that can secure the environment manage the environment, manage the endpoint, manage the that we can uh, layer on security for example, right and do next generation antivirus and next generation management of the device but to an end user they're like, I don't care, thanks, but I don't care I just need this thing to work just make it work i t person right so What we realized is like, we can do all these great things to help IT, but we also wanted to then layer in things that we could actually help the end user, things like workflows. So a quick example is at VMware, one of the challenges that we had years ago was this ability to do approvals very effectively and efficiently. One of those things is like, okay, well, I have 30 different applications I gotta do approvals in as a manager. And frankly, if I don't do them in a timely fashion, it's material to our bottom line. And when we go report things to the street because we're publicly traded, those delays cause revenue impacts, right? And so what we did is we actually changed how we can actually interact with approvals. And we can do just in time kind of approval process because of how we made it mobile friendly and said, well, we can secure this, we can give you just the right experience, I can pull out of each of those applications, the approval process, the screen you need, just the data you need to make a yeah, go, no, go decision, approve, deny, or ask for more information and move on. What that's allowed us to do, rather than having somebody log in and out of 30 applications, go to the third screen, second section, fill it out, log out of that one, go into the next one, by changing what that we've done is we've gone from an average of two weeks average approval time frame to two days for the average approval. And that's material now to our bottom line and some of the great things we've done. We did that several years ago, but now we're doing that for clients and customers to do the same kind of thing. That's one example. There's a ton of these that we can do. Approvals are easy to talk through, but like there's tons that you can do around. We can actually offer a digital badge on your phone, for example. And because of that, it can do multi-factor authentication with your badge and you can use that for vending machines or to get into buildings or, or rooms within campuses. All of this stuff transforms how you actually interact on a campus, whether that's at a a corporate campus or even like universities, for example, that we also work with. Does that give you some good ideas?
1: Definitely. And it's interesting as well, because you you did kind of touch on earlier there, how important experience has become, you know, employee experience, customer experience, workplace experience, especially as we've been living through the COVID-19 pandemic and have had to kind of adjust the way we work and work with distributed workforces. So, you know, how has this played out at VMware and also with your customers? How have you had to adapt your solutions and offerings?
0: Yeah, so... One of the things that that we've been doing for years now is our offerings can virtualize applications or desktops and deliver them that way. We can also do things like I can manage the physical device and deliver native applications that way. We've been able to do all of those things for years. That's not a problem. But what we've done is we've realized a user may move between different devices as well as between different virtual and physical kind of environments and applications. So now what we've been doing over the last few years is to focus on the any. We call it the Anywhere workspace. And what we can do is we can deliver any application of any kind, SaaS or, or native or virtualized, whatever, to any device, whether that's an Android, iOS, tablet or phone or PC or Chromebook or Mac, any of that, inclusive of things like, by the way, I can manage a watch or I can manage your, your TV, for example. Like there's a lot there that we can do, especially gets interesting when you start talking about some of the AR, VR glasses that we can also manage and deliver these experiences to. So now we can manage anything, secure anything. So now what I can do with that as an experienced person is say, what's the right thing? What's the right way to consume this data and information? And what's that best experience for you? And now when you think about it from that perspective, there's some really interesting things we've been able to do with, for example, the the ARVR. I just brought that up. So there's actually, Workspace ONE has ability to manage those devices, but also deliver that experience. And that experience, by the way, we can leverage what's native on the platform. AR, VR is a little different than a PC, et cetera. So we can give you that right kind of experience you're expecting as a user, but we can also make things the same. So that way it feels like your best friend that you've known for years, no matter which device you go to, you know exactly how to interact with Workspace ONE Hub because we've Hub is where we've unified all these things in one location. And so that's where with the pandemic and other things, we're starting to see much more increases in... User experience being centralized everything for IT to make it easy for them to manage and centralize everything on the front end to the user in hub to make it much easier for them to consume the right way as people shift how they're working and where they're working and what they're doing. Even some job roles are changing because HR is looking at it going, wait a minute, I didn't know that was possible. Look what's possible now. And with this different kind of experience, I can change the actual job requisition. Like I can change the description of the job and say, hey... We're going to have you do these things this way. That's giving HR an advantage in the marketplace in this war on talent that's going on, giving them a differentiated way to say, hey, you can work from anywhere, or you can do this job in this new kind of way that's leveraging digital in a new way, even for frontline workers that's much more advanced and and much more user-friendly. All of that's leading towards hopefully a better employee experience, which leads to HR being able to attract and retain better workers.
1: Totally. I think we can all see how this impact of, you know, centralizing digital experiences and yeah, putting user experience at the forefront is going to have a lasting impact. And also, you know, not only on delivering your employees good experience but also being able to attract the right talent and open up that talent pool to a lot more locations and and having it less centralized in cities one of the risks that does come with this is the increased risk from a security perspective particularly an it security perspective so how are you equipping your customers to help overcome that
0: Yeah, I mentioned that any, any, anything, right? Inclusive of any network, right? So any cloud, we can deliver any app on any device from any cloud on any any network. And that Anywhere Workspace solution that I talked about, what we're doing is we're saying there's things like I can secure the device, the BIOS level, the OS level, the application level, the network level into the cloud where I can actually secure this cloud. And then those virtual components of the cloud as well and the microservices from the cloud's all of that can actually be secured end to end, which now allows for a really interesting differentiated way of thinking. So things like you may have heard of the terms of zero trust frameworks, right? What we've done with the Anywhere Workspace is actually leverage that framework of all the components of that VMware has things like. We can leverage things from our VeloCloud acquisitions and some of the stuff we're doing with Workspace ONE and Horizon and connecting the dots with things that we're doing around NSX. What that allows us to do is to secure and micro-segment on the networking layers. And so now within a data center, within a cloud, we can actually micro-segment different applications from one another and different VDIs from one another. But we can also do that on the endpoints and do per-app VPNs and other type technologies on on the endpoints. And we can then tie that directly to the networking nodes where we can do some really interesting things around, maybe you've heard the term sassy, right? And so now what we can do is kind of connect those dots straight through and give the right experience. And should something in our end-to-end view, we have the intelligence, we have a data lake with some machine learning and we call it intelligence, and we can actually understand with that intelligence something that's happening that maybe shouldn't happen. And we can execute an automated response to that to mitigate that risk. And so now you've got this unified for the end user, unified for IT, yet the intelligence analytics and the ability to do root cause analysis very rapidly, but also the ability to go proactive when needed. So now all of a sudden I get proactive and go instantaneously. If this kind of scenario happens, instantaneously mitigate it to this. So those are the kind of things that, that are really, really interesting, because as you kind of went to this work from anywhere world that we're in now, right, this war on talent, give me a great experience, I want to be able to work from the mountains every once in a while, right, to take vacations, or maybe I got to work from work from home so I can take my kids or, or parents or somebody to doctor's office visits, whatever, get some work life balance. That's fantastic, better for the employee, I get it. If it's better for the employee, ultimately, it's better for the company and their customers, right, because that whole employee experience is directly linked to customer experience. Because of that understanding, there's your business value. That's why you want to go do these things around the security elements. That's why you want to invest in these kind of technologies. And like in the 90s, I'm out there evangelizing and helping people kind of understand and come to grips with this world has changed. It has changed forever. Now we need to get totally. to grips with we can't manage it the same way we managed in the 90s.
1: Yeah, completely with you. It was great to talk kind of touch on some of the technologies there from a security standpoint, but are there any kind of key technologies or digital transformation trends that you see leading this digital, both kind of employee and customer experience?
0: Yeah, definitely. There's There's a lot of buzzwords out there, so I'll I'll give you a few and see if I can hit bingo uh, with the buzzword bingo. But um, (laughs) there's artificial intelligence and machine learning, right? Are obviously parts of this because you got to understand and sense and then anticipate what needs to happen. And there's best ways of doing this is right with machine learning. But then as you start to think about things like how do I give the right experiences? There's artificial reality and, and virtual reality solutions there where now we're able to do in the metaverse, as we're talking about it now, right? I don't know if you've seen that from Facebook and other things, right? But that's the world that people are actually starting to do really interesting work in. And it's moving from being more of a toy, the nice to have, it's kind of gimmicky. It's moving from that you know, uh, nascent area into now being much more interesting to me because now it's getting more practical. So there are practical implications of, I really can't send fighter pilots into a war all the time so that they can get good at it before they get shot down. I need to be able to use virtual reality in that way to help them learn so that they can anticipate how to react in that scenario. Now, that's a dramatic scenario, but I can do the same thing with firefighters and first responders of all types, honestly. And actually for nurses and students, Now I'm a nursing student learning how to deal with COVID in a hospital in real time. What are those procedures? How do you learn that? Well, now I can ship you a set of VR glasses, all the securities delivered by Workspace ONE, etc. And immediately I can actually have you turn that on, be effective as a student learning this at a time when we have a nursing hiring demand it's all time high right now to try and find more nurses. And all of a sudden, here's a way we could actually leverage some technology to do something very innovative to help people bridge that gap. And that's just a couple of examples, but I can see some really interesting things. And there's gamification, to throw another one at you. So we're working with some partners now where we can actually use some virtual reality content that understands your true intrinsic motivators as, as a person, as an employee, right? And Understanding that actually helps you not only get placed in the right role for you, but actually helps HR understand. Do you know that there's some talent there that Darcy has that we haven't tapped into before? I didn't know if you knew that, but she has these skills in these areas. What if we could actually tap into that diversity that already exists in our organization? Because everybody talks about diversity and inclusion. We might have some diversity, you know, on the panel, but are we getting the true inclusion? of all of their skills and all of their experiences into what's happening at the workplace. There's some really interesting technology implications there where we can actually tap into that and enable new ways of working.
1: Fantastic. I don't know if you've got a full house there, but definitely a couple of lines on the uh, buzzword bingo card. So I'd just like to (laughs) find out as well, Josh, how you're approaching this at VMware and what the future of of work is going to look like for you and your team. Um, You you seem quite evangelical about taking this new approach that really centers the employee experience. So how do you put this into practice for your own team at VMware? Uh,
0: That's a great question because some of the stuff that we've had to do is normally in the before times, (laughs) what we would do is we go visit a customer, right? And we'd go meet at an actual whiteboard and we would sit there and jot down notes and go through what we call like a workshop, understanding some of the business challenges and IT challenges and technologies that, that are enabled and what we can do to derive that appropriate outcome, that business enabled outcome, right? When you look through that, even using that physical whiteboard doesn't work the same. So instead we've shifted to things like, Miro, which is a tool we use for online collaboration. It's kind of a whiteboard, if you will, but it's a digital whiteboard. What that's actually allowed us to do is some really interesting customer interactions now, because now one of the things you want is that diversity and inclusion that I mentioned, right? Well, one of the things we were doing is when we did it at a whiteboard in front of a room, there are People that may be shy or maybe they're not really convinced their idea is like that great of idea. They're like, well, it's an okay idea. I don't know if anybody else cares about this idea. Ah, I, won't, I won't bother. And they don't go to the front of the room and you don't get all the ideas. If you don't get all that diversity, you can't possibly come up with the best solution. That's just law of numbers and stuff like that, right? So what actually ends up happening by leveraging Miro, some of the insights that we've gotten is actually – First, it was a little bit of a transition to learn how to use the tool. Like anything, Mm. there's a little bit of a transition time. But once we've gotten good at it and it's intuitive enough that actually you as the customer that I'm working with, your team from HR and folks that don't have anything to do with technology, it's intuitive enough that they know how to use it. And then what happens is people start to collaborate in a new way and you hear every voice. Now, they may not be speaking, but they jot down on these little virtual post-its and you're able to collect them all and use them all as part of that process. And we've had some of the most brilliant ideas come from what would normally be one of the quietest people. Uh, They're in the corner and they don't really talk much. And I'm like, I don't want to be a brave person. But some of these really innovative things are like, I didn't realize that was a problem. What if we change that? What would that do to the rest of this process? And all of a sudden you get this dramatic change that starts with a a small little seed, right? So it's very fascinating to watch that kind of transformation happen. And so some of the stuff that I would say that I want my team to be able to do is to kind of lead that change and be leaders in that space because it's not perfect. Some of the technology doesn't quite work right, right? I've I've had a couple of different microphones myself here (laughs) till I can center on one that actually works for me, right? Little things like that, It's a challenge, but we have gotten better at it over time, understanding how to actually use the right tools and get the right enablement. And once you do, I really want my team to lead that, understand where the challenges are, and then figure out how to help organizations navigate those challenges that we run into. So that's probably my my advice to the team would be, let's go figure out how to lead.
1: Mm, Amazing. I mean, my next question actually was going to be, On leadership, I think everyone had to really think about changing their leadership styles when it came to the pandemic. Obviously, there was a lot more of a human approach and by necessity, um, a sort of management of trust model. So I wondered what your own experience was of that, Josh, and how you tackled those leadership challenges through COVID-19.
0: I look back at my career and in my career, I've had, you know, good, bad and great leaders I've been able to work with, which is I've been really blessed And so when I look at the the good leaders, right, they would enable you. They'd give some coaching. That's great. You know, I appreciate that. I could learn from it. Okay, great. The bad leaders didn't give you those things. And oh, by the way, they're shouting at you all the time, like, hey, go make your numbers. Like, I don't care. Figure it out, right? Just get it done. The great leaders, they listen. And then they say, I don't know if you're familiar with the concept of servant leadership, but a servant leader is almost like you turn the organization upside down and you say, everybody works for the person closest to the customer, because ultimately we all work for the customer. So person closest to customer, what do you need? How can I best support you And understand everything that I can do to help you from a super empathetic perspective. Because if I get really empathetic, and I'm I'm talking about corporate empathy here for, we're asking you to do this job with this client in this way. And understanding that holistically, now I have this great insight as to, wow, you know what? I guess what we're asking Darcy is pretty hard to do. How do we change it? How do we make it better, faster, easier? Because if we can fix it for Darcy, we're probably fixing it for our entire front line, anybody that's you know working with customers. And we're probably changing it for a brilliant customer experience, which customer experience is a fancy way of getting into the experiences that customers have. But likewise, it's it gets to the core of how companies make their money and what companies really care about. They care about revenue, profitability, and loyalty which loyalty ends up being delayed revenue and profitability. So if you think about those and that's your customer experience you're trying to get to, enabling brilliant employee experience through empathy on how they would do it and trust, right? Those are the backbones, I think, as leaders, we have to enable our employees to be able to do that. And in doing so, you're actually challenging the employees, the frontline people to actually think like leaders and lead their customers. In that same kind of servant leadership way.
1: Yeah, servant leadership. I love that customer first approach, you're hearing so much about customer experience and customer experience driven business models across organisations at the moment. But yeah, I've never heard of it put that way from a management perspective. So really interesting. I also wondered, Josh, if there you kind of mentioned it there, you've had different leaders across the board, you know, across your career and your different roles spanning back over 20 years, is there one particular leader you've had who stood out?
0: Yeah, I would say, you know, one of them that really stood out to me, there's actually a couple. You, you know, John Sigmor was the one of the uh, founder, CEO, right? That he did a great job enabling and believing in folks and just gave you the power and the, and the passion came through that you just believed in yourself that you could do it. Right. I would also say Sanjay Poonin, more recently at VMware, he embodied servant leadership and really kind of pushed all of us to kind of think that same way. And whenever I would have a challenge and I would bring it to him, he welcomed it. He said, hey, fantastic. Appreciate uh, what you're doing here, Josh. How can I help? That's the kind of stuff that I mean uh, that's been really influential on myself and my, my leadership style.
1: Fantastic. Great examples there, Josh. And before we move on to our quick fire round and get to know you a little bit better, I just wanted to touch on what you think the wider global cultural, economic impact of this shift in working remotely and of centering employee experience could be?
0: Oh, that's fascinating. Okay. (laughs) Wider economic impact of this. Well, I'll tell you a couple of them that I've got ideas on. A couple of years back, people were saying, you know, at the beginning of this COVID stuff, people were actually saying, hey, what do we do with these corporate campuses? And I said, honestly, I think this is a permanent shift to more work from home. And I don't think it's a bad thing. But they're like, what do we do with all this real estate? And I said, sell it because you're not going to need that asset the same way. You're still going to have locations where people need to congregate for meetings and things like that to launch a project or to follow up on a project occasionally. But for the majority of the time, you're going to have fewer employees reporting every day to the office. That does a couple of things. One, your ESG goals are on sustainability You have a much reduced carbon footprint. As a matter of fact, we've built a calculator for clients that actually want to understand how the impact of Workspace ONE has on them being able to work from home, work from anywhere and allow people to work that way because it changes their carbon footprint because you're not having all that commuting back and forth, right? which is a big driver. But there's other things too that are really interesting here from a diversity and inclusion perspective that's also been fascinating because one of the things that's interesting around VMware is in in the Bay Area, right, in the Palo Alto area frankly you've got to be quite wealthy to live there because you got to buy a house there which is well above the normal average across the uh, americas right so as you start to think about that you start to go wait a minute you already have to be rich in order to have a great job to be able to do a good job in in, in your field etc you don't need that anymore like i can hire anybody from anywhere which allows this brilliant breath of fresh air into HR talent pool circles, right? So the HR talent people can actually tap into the best talent wherever they are. And I don't care if that's somebody in an inner city that's in an impoverished neighborhood living in a small, tiny apartment. As long as they've got decent internet access, they can go through and do remote schooling and they can learn well beyond what, the, what they might learn at their local school or you know, maybe it's K-12 or something, education. They can go well beyond that. And go into getting additional university degrees, as well as getting certifications, as well as getting an internship and an actual job, all without ever having to leave that particular apartment. Now, you obviously want to get out of the apartment once in a while, but the idea is it really opens things up for them to get to economic freedom faster, which allows them to move up through the economic life cycle, if you will. And that part is really encouraging to me on the potential impact for good that technology can have.
1: Yeah, great point. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for those insights, Josh. Yeah, I'm going to move on to our quick fire round. This is our round basically where we just ask a, a few short, sharp questions and get a few short, sharp answers back to move away from the business side of things and hear a bit more about Josh the Human. So starting with Josh, can you tell me what's your guilty <laughs> technology pleasure?
0: Oh, that's fun. I guess I'll go with when my son's not around, sometimes I'll go over and grab his Xbox. Nice. And, and uh, I'll actually play his Xbox and, and some of his games just because just I want to be a you know 12-year-old kid again, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Fair
1: enough. Do you have a favorite game?
0: I've been getting lately into the... He's got a number of Star Wars games. And so I've been to this uh, Last Jedi one that I've been having a challenge trying to get to the levels. <laughs>
1: Love that. Also, this is quite relevant now as we sort of move away from the traditional desk and go to working from anywhere. But what's your essential desk item? What's the one thing you can't work without?
0: That's it. Yeah. You know, I, given that some thought here, I got to go with the microphone. I've had like different conversations and all of this work from home where people were like, What, what, what'd you say? Can you say it again? Can you say it again? Yeah. Like all of that. couldn't <laughs> quite hear that. Like, uh, okay, yeah. I can't handle it. <laughs> I had to get a microphone that you can just hear me nice and clear. So I would go with a microphone for me.
1: Perfect. I'm sure our listeners appreciate your good microphone as well. And lastly, Josh, could you share if you have a, a quote that you live by?
0: For me, it a uh, Bible verse that I can do all things through he who strengthens me. Like that for me is a quote that I try to live by every day.
1: Perfect. Thanks so much, Josh. It's been such a pleasure to have you on the show.
0: Thank you. It's been great, Darcy. Appreciate it.
1: And thanks to our listeners. I hope you enjoyed these amazing insights on employee experience. If you'd like to hear more from Josh, we're actually going to be doing an event with him in association with VMware and NTT Data for our US audience on November 17th. That's going to be kicking off at 1pm Eastern time. So we'll drop a link in the show notes and hope to see you there. Please, in the meantime, rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening.